Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, seekers of peace and harmony, everybody is in need of peace, harmony, happiness, because this is most scarce. How to get real peace, real harmony, real happiness, stable peace, stable harmony, stable happiness? Technique of Vipassana helps us. The life is full of agitation, full of suffering. Agitation due to this reason or that reason. Misery due to this reason or that reason. It is there. How to come out of it? Something undesirable happens in the life. One gets associated with undesirable persons undesirable situations and one gets disturbed, there's irritation, there's agitation in the mind and there is suffering. One gets disassociated with something pleasant, pleasant person, desirable person, desirable situation, some obstacle, one misses them, one becomes so miserable. Ups and downs are bound to come in life. Life is full of vicissitudes. In spite of all the ups and downs, desirables, undesirables, how to maintain perfect balance of the mind, how to maintain perfect equilibrium of the mind, equipoise of the mind, and keep on enjoying happiness, peace, harmony within oneself. It is impossible 
to get associated only with desirables, impossible. Even the most powerful person in the world has to face undesirable situations. How to maintain equanimity? This is what Vipassana teaches us. How to remain happy in every situation? There were <coughs> saints and sages and seers in the past who made search how to help people to come out such kind of miseries which people keep on facing throughout the life. Due to any reason, agitation is the reason, one starts reacting with negativity, anger arises, hatred arises, aversion arises, one becomes more agitated. Something undesirable has happened or desirable has not happened and you react, you react and you become miserable. How to maintain the balance of the mind? A solution was found by the saints and sages of the past. Whenever anything undesirable happens and your mind gets agitated and say you started generating anger, hatred, to come out of that misery, divert your attention. Divert your attention to something else. The object which you are facing, the situation which you are facing and which is making you so miserable when you generate negativity in the mind, divert the attention. So easy. Take a glass of water and start drinking. Your mind is diverted. But how long? Again you are the same person. So another object was found. You start counting. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Your mind gets diverted and you feel that you are coming out of your misery. How long? Again the same person, same situation. Any word, you keep on deciding any word. Say I am wearing the watch. Keep on deciding watch, 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 watch. Mind gets calmed down. You feel you are free from your misery. Yes, it works. Any word repeated again and again calms down the mind. Like an agitated child and mother keeps on singing lullaby. Sleep my child, sleep my child. Sleep my prince, sleep my prince. Repeating, repeating, the child sleeps. Agitation is gone. Similarly, we recite any word. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the mind sleeps and we feel we are free from agitation. But how? It is not easy to repeat something when we have no interest in that word. So a suggestion was given. Recite repeatedly the name of the deity 
in whom you have got great devotion, it becomes easy now. The deity in whom you have got great devotion, keep on reciting, reciting his name. And we are told that by reciting this name, the deity will be very happy and take you out of misery. Good. We keep on reciting, one reason or the other, we recite. Or this particular mantra, you keep on deciding, deciding. Some devas, some deities will be very happy with that. Just to keep them happy, keep on deciding, keep on deciding. A good solution. It worked in those days, it works even today. But what happens? The enlightened person went to the depth of the mind. By reciting certain things or visualizing a shape, a form of this deity or that deity calms down your mind. It is true. Takes away that particular defilement that has come on the mind. Gives you peace, harmony. But that is only at the surface level of the mind or slightly deeper. He discovered at the depth of the mind Constantly there is agitation going on. Constantly. One keeps on generating craving, aversion, craving, aversion, raga, dvesha. And there is so much, so much of agitation at the root level. We keep on purifying the surface level. Good. We get at least that much benefit. But unless we change the habit pattern, habit pattern of the mind at the root level and make it pure, free from impurities, free from defilements, free from craving, free from aversion, then only there is a real solution. For that, he discovered a way, a path, a technique, which he worked himself and purifying the mind, purifying the mind at the deepest level, became fully enlightened. Came to know where the impurity arises, where the agitation arises, and where it keeps on multiplying, 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 and when it comes to the surface, one gets overpowered. One has to deal at the root level. For that, a technique was developed, which he practiced himself. And after reaching the final stage of full enlightenment, full liberation, with infinite love and compassion, he started distributing to others. The whole life, this is what he kept on doing. After that, for about five or six hundred years, People of India, the country of origin, this wonderful technique, they lost it. It went to different countries around. They also, after some time, lost it. One neighboring country, Myanmar, which was called Burma, maintained it. Maintained it in its pristine purity, from teacher to pupil, from teacher to pupil, for these more than 2,000 years, very few people 
rest of them, they were involved in all kinds of rites, rituals, ceremonies, philosophies, that is everywhere. Different religions have their own rites, rituals, ceremonies, beliefs, dogmas. But this technique has nothing to do with all that. It's a pure science of the interaction of mind and matter. How the mind keeps on influencing the body. And in return, how body keeps on influencing the mind. And because one remains totally ignorant of what is happening at the depth of the mind, one keeps on dealing with the only surface of the mind. And deep inside, the misery keeps on, keeps on multiplying, multiplying. How to go to that depth? Mind must be very sharp. First important thing, mind should be made very sharp. And for that, a technique was given. The whole path is remain with the truth, nothing but truth. Truth, not the truth as explained in the scriptures, not the truth as Buddha has said, not the truth as your teacher says, truth that you experience from moment to moment to moment to moment the reality within the framework of your body, reality about yourself. Most of the sages and saints of the past have said, know thyself, know thyself. Before I went through this process, I was wondering what to myself. I know myself. I know myself. I'm Goinka, I know it. I'm S and Goinka, I know it. So what? Or the scripture says, you are so-and-so, you are so-and-so. A belief only. How can I say I know it? At the experiential level. This physical structure, which one keeps on saying, I, I, mine, mine. So much of identification with this physical structure. And this mental structure. So much of identification with this mental structure. I. I, mine, mine. The combination of the two. I, mine, I, mine. And because of enormous, enormous attachment towards this mind and matter phenomena, ego arises, I. And ego gets hurt, something happens, undesirable. Ego gets hurt, and a defilement arises. Let us examine how it happens. At the experiential level, every step with the truth that you experience, that you experience. Whenever you decide to learn this scientific technique, rational technique, result-oriented technique, non-sectarian technique, not bound with this sect or that sect, Universal. Misery is universal. Misery, we can't say this is Buddhist misery or Hindu misery or Christian misery or Jewish misery. Misery is misery. Whenever you generate any defilement in the mind, you are a miserable person. So the remedy also must be universal, non-sectarian. And this technique, non-sectarian, universal technique, was discovered. Whenever you decide to learn this technique, you have to spare 10 days of your life. 
looks too much, 10 days. I am such a busy person. How can I spare 10 days? Impossible. Give me something which I can practice in one or two days or three days. Impossible. Again, you will get the same technique which will take you only at the surface level. Won't take you to the depth. A 10-day course is minimum. First three days, you are asked to sit comfortably. Any posture that suits you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture. Not necessary lotus posture, half lotus posture. If someone can sit in half lotus posture, lotus posture, go ahead, nothing wrong. But any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture. Keep your back and neck straight. Keep your eyes gently closed. Your mouth gently closed. Now there is no vocal action, no physical action. See what reality is manifesting itself at this moment. Reality pertaining to your mind and matter. As you experience, the first reality that you will experience is the breath coming in, the breath going out. You are experiencing it. It is not imagination. Just start with that. Just keep feeling the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out. Keeping your attention at the entrance of the nostrils. You have to do nothing. Never make it a breathing exercise. It's not a breathing exercise. Don't try to control the breath. Not permitted. Natural breath. If it is deep, accept the fact it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. It is passing through left nostril, left nostril. Passing through right nostril, right nostril. Just accept the reality as it is. The reality of this moment. And then from moment to moment, moment to moment. To discipline the breath, to control the breath, is a different technique. Good technique. We call it pranayam. It gives its own result for good health. But this is totally different. Totally different from pranayam. This is a technique to develop your faculty to be aware of the reality manifesting itself from moment to moment. The reality that you are experiencing as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is. So the breath as it is, you are just observing it, doing nothing, so easy. You never make any efforts to make the breath long or short or to make it pass from the left to the right, from the right to the left, nothing doing. Just observe, like somebody sitting at the bank of the river, and the river is flowing. You just observe. You do nothing for the flow of the river. Natural flow is there, and you are just sitting and observing it. The flow of the breath is there. Your mind is steadfastly fixed here. Just feel the breath coming in, going out. So easy yet so difficult. When you decide to come to a course, you will find the first day so difficult. The mind will hardly observe a couple of breaths and gone somewhere. And you suddenly realize what happened. I was here to observe the breath. 
what happened? And again you start. Again, after a minute or two, it wanders away somewhere. This monkey mind, you can't make it, you can't stop it on one object. I find sometimes a new student gets frustrated, starts generating anger, anger towards oneself, anger towards one's own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? You have to do nothing, just observe. And even this much you can't do. And the guide will say, no, no anger, no negativity. Whether you anger towards yourself or towards anybody, you are a miserable person. And you have come here to come out of these negativities. Just accept the fact, do nothing. Mind has wandered away. And you realize it has wandered away. Just accept. At this moment, the mind has wandered away. So what? The breath is still there. I start again, and you start again. Again, mind wanders away. You accept the fact, oh, it has wandered away. Again, start like this patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently for three days. So far as this technique is concerned, continuity of practice is the secret of success. You work for about 10, 15 minutes or even one hour, and then you say, all right, tomorrow I will do the rest. Tomorrow I will do the rest. You can't go to the depth. You will be always on the surface. Continuous, continuous, continuous. Second day, third day, you will find the mind is calming down, becoming more and more tranquil. And because you were required to work on a very small area at the entrance of the nostrils, and you were required to work with the reality, nothing but reality, Working three days for a small area, the mind gets concentrated. One-pointed concentration, very important. Chitta ekagata, one-pointed concentration. Three days, the mind starts staying here for some time. It doesn't matter. It has started. But while it is working on a small area, with the truth, continuously, the mind becomes sharper and sharper, subtler and subtler more and more sensitive. Now it can feel subtler realities, again pertaining to the mind and matter. When we are observing respiration, then also you are observing the combination of mind and matter. At the apparent level it looks, the breath is related to body, the lungs are working, so you get breathing in, breathing out, yes but not whole truth, partial truth. The breath is strongly related to your mind, strongly related, and very strongly related to the impurity of the mind. While you are observing the breath, feeling the breath, the mind wanders, past or future, some memory or some fear of the future, and the emotion arises, negativity arises. See, anger is a reason, Passion as a reason, fear as a reason, ego as a reason. You will notice, because you are observing the breath, you will notice the breath is no more normal. It loses its normality. It becomes fast. It becomes slightly hard. And when that particular defilement is gone, again it becomes normal. So, you understand that when you are observing breath, you are also observing your mind, mind and matter combined. 
third day evening you start feeling some biochemical reaction on this part of the body some electromagnetic reaction on this part of the body manifesting itself as this physical sensation or that physical sensation different kinds of sensations maybe heat maybe perspiration maybe throbbing pulsing vibrating tingling heaviness numbness something or the other which is always there every time every part of the body is having some sensation or the other some sensation or the other our conscious gross mind can feel only such sensations which are very unpleasant heaviness numbness pressure pain etc but there are so many different kinds of sensations throughout the body day and night you are asleep or awake you are walking or standing lying or, or or sitting all the time mind must be made sensitive to feel those sensations you start feeling here and from the fourth day onwards you start feeling from the top of the head to the tips of the toes entire body some sensation or the other some sensation or the other again you will notice these sensations are not not only related to the body they are strongly related to the mind also strongly related to the mental impurities whenever any impurity arises in the mind a sensation will arise say anger you generated anger and by this technique as you develop the faculty to observe the sensations different sensations whatever sensation is arisen with anger you will notice there is a burning sensation the entire body there is a burning sensation palpitation increases tension get build up you are generating misery for yourself it becomes so clear every time i generate any negativity in my mind i am the first victim of that negativity it becomes clearer and clearer you are made to observe these sensations with the understanding that you are not to react to the sensations if you react to the sensation then that particular negativity that has arisen particular defilement that has arisen keeps on multiplying 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 this is what this enlightened person discovered for me buddha was not a founder of a religion people strongly interpreted him as he founded a religion nothing to do he found the interaction of mind and matter like a scientist dividing dissecting disintegrating dissolving the entire physical structure the entire mental structure and the interaction and to see how the impurity arises how it multiplies multiplies and overpowers you and how can you come out of it so he was a pure scientist scientist super scientist of the spiritual world he discovered the reality which anybody and everybody can discover one belongs to this religion or that religion this community or that community this color or that color this gender or that gender makes no difference human being is human being human mind is human mind when somebody said know thyself 
there was no way except to accept accepting whatever is being taught to us accepting whatever is said i am so and so i am so and so no experience you not experienced it the enlightened person found out the way this is how you will know the truth of what you call i what you call mine there were others also who were taught when any defilement arises in the mind don't divert your attention to anything that won't solve the problem escape is no solution for your problem observe it anger is a reason just observe it not easy to observe it because when anger arises so soon it overpowers you and you are helpless you start multiplying the anger you start multiplying your misery so this wonderful technique was found you are not diverting your attention anger is a reason or any defilement is a reason this is one side of the coin on the other side of the same coin there is this physical things going on the breath becomes abnormal there is some sensation on the body you can't observe anger as anger abstract anger abstract passion abstract fear abstract ego but if you practice you can observe the breath you can observe the sensations on the body a wonderful solution is was found no escape now you are observing the reality reality of the defilement that is a reason observing the other side of the coin the sensations on the body the breath and it starts helping but again your mind must be so sharp so sensitive that you can feel different kinds of sensations in the body and for that these 10 days are so important otherwise you may have as i find some of my students started teaching and some others also teaching heart breathing we call bhastrika pranayam very heart breathing heart breathing heart breathing you start getting some heat here ah i got now the sensation this is a created sensation why this heart breathing have some strong balm and put here and you'll get some sensation not that is not the point natural sensation what happens naturally when a defilement comes what happens naturally because you are face you have to face the defilement you have to get rid of the defilement sensation observing the sensation has its own purpose and that is possible only if you again keep on working 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 many students on the 7th day or 8th day some on the 9th day some may not get this on the first 10 day maybe on the second 10 day the entire solidity entire solidity of the body gets dissolved dissolved no more solidity because the entire technique is such you are observing and not reacting a sensation has come however unpleasant it may be you just observe and see how long it lasts it is not eternal it arises seems to stay for some time but sooner or later passes away not eternal this is when you come across very gross unpleasant sensations like pain like pressure like heat etc 
but the technique takes you to the deeper level where you can feel very pleasant a flow of very pleasant vibrations very pleasant vibrations and when you are feeling that again you have to understand this also has got the same characteristic arising passing arising passing with great rapidity but the characteristic is the same not eternal arising passing arising passing so you train your mind to observe the changing nature changing nature of the body of the mind and not to react maintain equanimity learn how to remain equanimous old habit pattern was to react so quite possible as you started working with the respiration the mind wandered again you brought it again wandered you had been working persistently continuously and you reach certain stage so also these sensations persistently patiently a sensation is a reason because of the old habit pattern you reacted you don't like it so aversion hatred aversion hatred dvesha dvesha a pleasant sensation you react with craving raga raga this is old habit so you keep on you are slave of that old habit so you keep on reacting again you come to senses oh no i am here to learn how to remain equanimous how to remain equanimous you are changing the habit pattern of the mind that starts only when you reach the stage the entire structure is merely vibration vibration that was a great discovery of this enlightened person entire universe the entire universe mind and matter phenomena is nothing but vibration vibration sabbo pajjalito loko sabbo loko pakampito pakampito mere vibration mere vibration combustion vibration combustion vibration this is the nature of the entire world one has to experience that first within the framework of the body changing a flux a flow the entire physical structure the entire mental structure a flux a flow flux a flow if you just believe because buddha said so or we believe that today scientists say so the same thing today scientists say the entire material world there is no solidity this is what a scientist our scientists of today says no solidity mere wavelets wavelets they are saying this with the knowledge of their instruments apparatus and here a great scientist without any kind of apparatus or instruments with his own experience going deeper deeper dividing dissecting disintegrating the entire physical structure the solidity is dissolved so also mental structure solidity is dissolved solidity in the mental structure a emotion arises so intensified observing observing dividing dissecting disintegrated it turns into mere vibration mere vibration mind and matter both mere vibration mere vibration then the wisdom arises not the wisdom of the scriptures not the wisdom of the guru not the wisdom of buddha or anybody else your own wisdom arises look constantly changing whether it is unpleasant sensation still changing changing pleasant sensation changing change something which is constantly changing 
what is the purpose of reacting towards it with craving or with aversion? However pleasant it may be, it is not eternal. However unpleasant it may be, it is not eternal. Now you are realizing this truth. And you are changing the habit pattern, not merely at the intellectual level, not merely at the conscious level, going deeper, deeper, deepest level. This is what is the purpose of practicing Vipassana. And at least ten days are essential to reach that stage where you can feel all different types of sensations, subtle, gross, pleasant, unpleasant, and you train your mind to remain equanimous, remain equanimous, to change the habit pattern of the mind at the root level. Then automatically surface level also becomes equanimous. You face the world, any situation arises, you maintain the equanimity. Any situation arises, for a few moments, few seconds, your mind goes inside, you feel sensations, and you find you are equanimous, then whatever action you take, it is an action, not a reaction. Whenever you have reaction, there is always element of negativity. You make yourself unhappy, you make others unhappy. Whenever negativity arises, one becomes very unhappy. One may belong to this religion or that religion, this community or that community, this color or that color, this gender or that gender. Makes no difference. Human mind is human mind. You're generating negativity and you're feeling so uncomfortable, so unhappy deep inside. And when you are generating negativity and you become miserable, you never keep your misery limited to yourself. You start throwing on others. Whenever you are angry, you start misery to all people who come in contact with you. Entire atmosphere gets charged with this vibration of anger, unhappiness, misery. Anybody who comes in contact feels nothing but misery. Similarly, if you keep on changing your habit pattern, mind becomes purer and purer. By nature, a pure mind gets full of love. Mind your pure love, without a trace of passion, without a trace of lust, pure love. Pure love is always one-way traffic. You don't expect anything in return. Just give, give. Love for all, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. These qualities, naturally, you want her to do anything. It just happens as the mind becomes purer, purer, purer. It becomes full of love, full of compassion, full of goodwill. Then you find you are enjoying peace within yourself. You are enjoying harmony within yourself, happiness within yourself. Law of nature becomes so clear. There are certain rules of the law of nature, or you can say law of the God Almighty, whatever name you give. If you break the rule, you are punished then and there. If you maintain the rule and live according to the rule, you are given present then and there. You get rewards then and there. What the rule is, the rule of the nature, the rule of the God Almighty, if you want to say, is keep purity of your mind. Maintain purity of your mind. Whenever you break this law, 
You missed the purity. You've broken the pu- your, your equanimity. You generated some defilement or the other. You are punished then and there. You are living in a country. You have to live as a law-abiding citizen. You break the law. You will be punished. But the government of any country will not punish you immediately. The case goes to this court and that court and that court may take years. Sometimes you may not get punished even. But the law of nature, simultaneously, as you, gen- as you generate a defilement, you have broken the law and you are a miserable person. The nature starts punishing you then and there, not after death, then and there. You purify your mind, generate love, compassion, goodwill. You get reward then and there. So much of peace, so much of harmony. You are your own master. You make your own future because you make your own present. If by technique you can make use of every moment that you are living to keep your mind as much pure as possible, you are living a good life, harmonious life, happy life, good for yourself, good for others. And if you remain ignorant, you don't know what is happening deep inside. You just try to work at the surface level. Keep on pushing down whatever impurity comes, you push down, you push down. It keeps on getting accumulated at the depth, at the root level. You are a miserable person. The enlightened one found out and he said, very clearly, a very poisonous tree you have got. You don't like it, it is harmful, you cut it away. Good, you cut it away. Roots are still there. Another tree will sprout. More trees will sprout. You are not liberated from this poison. So go to the depth and root out the impurity at the depth level. Purify your mind at the deepest level. Change your habit pattern at the deepest level and you will find your whole personality has changed. When you generate something impure, some defilement, the entire chemistry of the body changes and you become miserable. And when you are miserable, you generate more defilement, more defilement, more, more misery, more misery. Vicious circle starts. But when you don't generate, don't generate any, any defilement, mind remains peaceful, peaceful. You are free from these defilements of this chemistry that changes. You have to do that, nobody else. Somebody can show you the path, that's all. One who has experienced will show the path. But you have to work. You have to work. Like you do physical exercises. Somebody teaches you physical exercise because he has worked on physical exercise. You have to work. Now daily you have to practice. Practice to keep your body healthy, strong. Similarly, a mental exercise. One has to learn. By staying ten days, Take the whole course, not that in 10 days you become perfect, but in 10 days you get the technique how to practice it. And then in your life you keep on, keep on becoming more and more established in the technique, more and more established on the right path, and you will find your mind becomes healthy. You want a healthy mind, a harmonious mind, strong mind. As you want to keep your body healthy, 
it's more important to keep your mind also healthy. Just working at the surface level, we don't say it is bad. People who work on the surface level, they get benefit and we are happy at least they are doing something compared to those who don't do anything for the mental exercise. But this alone won't help. Go to the depth of the mind, depth of the mind and see for yourself how misery arises. Certain defilements arisen and you feel unpleasant sensations in the body. Keep on observing that unpleasant sensation. This is impermanent, impermanent. The defilement that has arisen is also impermanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. You have not suppressed it. You have not expressed it in an unwholesome vocal action, unwholesome physical action. You are neither suppressed nor expressed. Just observe, just observe, just observe with equanimity and you are coming out of your misery. It is workable. It was lost for so many centuries and fortunately the neighboring country maintained it. So it has come out again, not only to the country of origin, but around the world. And people from different communities, different traditions, different beliefs, different religions get the same result. And people from every religion, there is no religion today in the world whose followers are not attending Vipassana courses, attending courses. Their leaders are coming and attending the courses. They get wonderful results. So therefore, people are accepting it, especially in a situation like this, when there is so much of terror, when there is so much of fear, what will happen? What will happen tomorrow? Very essential to have a technique like this. When fear arises, thus accept the fact. Just accept the fact at this moment, fear has arisen in my mind. Keep on accepting this fact. And according to the law of nature discovered by this enlightened person, nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Fear is a reason, there must be a sensation on the body. Keep on observing the sensation, impermanent, impermanent. This fear is also impermanent. Let me see how long it lasts. It becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. It can never overcome, overpower you. A wonderful technique to keep oneself healthy, mentally healthy, peaceful, harmonious, happy, good for oneself and good for others. After all, Vipassana is a way of life. How to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. This is Vipassana. If you feel to work on this, to learn this technique, you have to spare ten days of your life. Learn it and then you are your own master. Never remain under the clutches of a guru. Otherwise, I have seen they start exploiting you. Never do that. You are your own master. Somebody has shown you a path. You have to learn from somebody who has good experience. And then carry on. The path is so scientific, so simple. You have learned and then carry on. Keep growing, keep growing. But you have to first spare ten days of life to learn this technique. May all of you have time to learn this technique, 
to enjoy real peace, lasting peace, real harmony, lasting harmony, real happiness, lasting happiness. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness. Good, good. Do you think Vipassana is suitable for American culture? For every culture, a way of life. American culture also needs peace, harmony, happiness, a good life. It is suitable for all. That's why large number of American citizens are practicing Vipassana. A number of them have become teachers of Vipassana. They are spreading Vipassana for the good of others and for their, their own good. What is the difference between Dhamma and Dharma? Even Duryodhan knew Dharma? <laughs> no difference. These are only words of two different languages. In Sanskrit, and even in today's Hindi, we say dharma. But in the language Prakrit, Pali of those days, which was the lingua franca of India 25 centuries back, 26 centuries back, it was called dhamma. The same meaning, it makes no difference. Dhamma means law of nature, the truth. Duryodhan knew what dharma is, but he could not practice. And that is why he said, jana dharmam. Najame pravritti janami adharmam najame nivritti. I know very well what dharma is, but I have no inclination to accept it, to work on it. I know what adharma is, but I can't come out of it because he has not practiced vipassana. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have come out of it. Please give advice to Indian expatriates living in U.S. My advice, if those who are living here, coming from India, not only from India, from any other country, must be very thankful to this great country, so generous, they, were, they have given you shelter. They have given you refuge. People from different countries have come and settled down here. And they have given you all the opportunity to earn money. And you are earning money. Be always thankful to this country, to the people of the country. And you must be very careful. You should also be always loyal to this country. Whether you are a citizen of this country, or you get just a green card to stay here, always loyal to the country. 
never perform any action which will harm or hurt the people of this country. This will be a big unwholesome action. Try to help as much as you can. You earn money, nothing wrong in that. But earning money should also be used for the benefit of the people here, benefit of everybody. That attitude should always be there. Anybody who has come from India and settled down here, living comfortably, of course has got love for the mother country or the parents country or forefathers country, nothing wrong in that. But also understand that you are unauthorized ambassador of that country from where you have come. People of this country will look at you, how you are behaving, how you are living. If they find you living a good life and always helping the people of the country, never do anything to harm the country, they will be so happy with you and they will be so happy with your motherland. I feel this is what every repatriate people who come and settle down here should do. Some meditation teachers teach weekend courses in breath awareness. Why don't you do this? I had been a businessman for half of my life and I know in business we always say customer is right. <laughs> because you want more and more customers to please them. Our aim is to please the customer. In Dhamma, not to please the customer, to help the customer to come out of misery. So I know people say, 10 days not possible, 10 days not possible. So I know some of my students who have taken one, one course or two course and some others also. They say, why 10 days? It is too much. Come, come. I will teach you in one day. I will teach you in two days. And just few hours in the morning, few hours in the evening. The same, I will teach you this breath. I will teach you sensations. What breath? And what sensation? And of course, people get little relief from their stress and strain. Good at the surface level. But they can't reach the depth of the mind. And they can't purify their mind. Vipassana does not allow this kind of pleasing the customers. We have to help the customer to come out of their misery. How does Vipassana compare with the teaching of Gita? It is applied Gita. Before coming in contact with Vipassana, I was born and brought up in a very staunch conservative Hindu family. And I was teaching Gita, I was giving discourses on Gita. Sit Pragya Sakabhasha, who is established in Pragya. And these are the qualities, these are the qualities. And many times coming back home, I see I got no, I don't have a trace of those qualities. Why I keep on talking like that everywhere? Every talk I say, be, be established in prajna, be established in intuition, be established in wisdom. And come out of craving, come out of craving, come out of aversion, come out of, of uh, fear. Mere talking, talking, talking. When I went to the first course, with very hesitation, this is a Buddhist path, and if I become Buddhist, I might go to hell. No, no, not for me, not for me. My teacher was very kind, very compassionate. He asked me, you are leader of Hindu community in this country. Tell me, 
your Hinduism has got anything against Sheila, Sadachar, that means morality? How can any religion be against morality, sir? My religion is not against morality. But how can you live a moral life? The same Duryodhan question. You don't have control over your mind, so I will teach you how to control your mind. We call it Samadhi. Any objection? What objection? Samadhi. If somebody teaches me, I have been reading in the Hindu scriptures, this uh, recluse, this Muni went to the forest and, and practiced Samadhi. We are householders. If somebody teaches Samadhi, wonderful, sir, no objection. By Samadhi, you have purity of mind, concentration of mind only at the surface, deep inside. There are impurities, all the time multiplying. I will teach you Panya, which means Pragya, to go to the depth of the mind and purify. Any objection? Pragya. What objection, sir? In Gita, I have been talking to people, Pragya, 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 but I never knew how to practice. If you are teaching me, nothing wrong. I joined the course just to give a trial. What this Buddhist are teaching, let me see, a trial. My teacher said, we teach nothing but morality, concentration of mind and purification of mind by wisdom, nothing else. And I found, yes, that's all they teach. And as I proceeded day after day, it came to my mind, this is applied Gita, practical Gita. You only talk of Gita, we satisfy our intellect, ah, wonderful, our religion has such wonderful teaching. We satisfy our emotion, ah, wonderful, our religion has such wonderful teaching. Here is the practice, and this is the practice. And that is why I was fascinated, and from then onwards, no looking back. How can I succeed if I detach myself from my feelings? Practice, and you will feel you will be more successful. More successful. When you attachment, you are a miserable person. Your mind is so very much disturbed. And any decision you make with a disturbed mind, maybe sometimes good, but most of the time wrong. But your mind is tranquil, pure. Any problem comes and you make a decision, it will be a quick decision, right decision, good for you and good for others. You will be keeping on su successful in your life. How does observing breath and body sensations eventually get the mind purified? This is what I explained now. Mind is defiled by these impurities of craving, aversion. All other defilements are product of craving and aversion, craving and aversion. And you are going to the depth where you feel sensations and yet you don't crave, yet you don't have aversion. You are equanimous. You are changing the habit pattern. So you are purifying the mind, taking it out of the old habit of craving, aversion and all other defilements. This is how you purify the mind. How you could use this technique to prevent terrorism in Kashmir, Middle East and the world? This technique was used as a practical technique at the time of Buddha. Great terrorist, someone who had killed 999 human beings and was looking for the thousandth one, a mad fellow, such cruel terrorist. Now with explosion, a thousand person can be killed. Bad, we don't say it is good. But to kill each person with his sword, how cruel this person would have been. 
he came in contact with Buddha, he came in contact with this technique and soon became a saintly person. Saintly person, totally purified and started teaching this, this technique throughout his life. There were so many others. We say, paid murderers, you pay some money to them and they will murder anybody. They want money. Such paid murderers, we are changed totally. So any terrorist who comes in contact with this technique will certainly get, certainly get purified and come out of it. A number of them in the prisons, we have found how they change after one, two or three courses itself. But then, before anybody comes for the course, those who are terrified by these terrors, this is another big misery. The terrorist wants us to become terrified, fear. And out of that fear we say, well, well, don't kill us. We will accept whatever you want. They are successful. It is for this purpose they are terrorizing. It is for this purpose they are killing. Terror must go away. Fear must go away. And this technique will make you fearless. And the terrorists will not be successful in their aim to terrorize the whole world and get their wishes fulfilled. I am a mouth breather. How will this affect the practice? <laughs> Try. Try through the nostrils. If due to any disease you can't breathe through the nostrils, breathe through the mouth. Nothing wrong. But keep trying. I have seen many cases, cases of sinus where they can't breathe properly. Within a few days they start breathing without any difficulty. So come and give a trial. If you are not successful, keep on breathing with the, with the mouth, nothing wrong. <laughs> what will happen to all the Vipassana meditators when they die? <laughs> A Vipassana meditator understands every moment I am taking birth, I am dying. I am taking birth, I am dying. The entire structure, mind and matter, constantly arising, passing away, taking birth and dying, taking and you are happy with that. You keep your continuity. So at the time of death also you are smiling, let death come. You welcome the death. And because you have changed the habit pattern of your mind, your life, life, you have promoted yourself to a better life, so after death there will be no, there will be only promotion, no demotion. <laughs> be careful. I often find that my motivation to act comes from my fear about unwanted things to keep them from happening. If I observe my fear, my motivation goes away. How do you explain I should act in such a situation? The motivation is to become fearless. And this technique makes you fearless. Then all your other motivations will get fulfilled with a fear, fearful mind. How can you fulfill your motivations? You are a disturbed person. Your mind is disturbed. And you cannot be successful in your life with a disturbed mind. We are strongly cautioned against using energy healing techniques while practicing Vipassana. As a massage therapist, what are the potential problems and what do I need to be careful about? Yes, wherever there is a spiritual healing, what you call spiritual healing, we are not against it. There are so many people who get healed by these 
spiritual healings like Reiki and like so many else. Perfectly all right. We are not against. But when you mix up Vipassana with it, then the danger comes. Because Vipassana wants you to observe your natural vibration, whatever it is. But if an outside vibration is input in your body by this kind of healings, then many times there's a confusion inside, clash between natural sensations and artificial sensations, and we have seen some people going out of balance. Two teachers of Reiki went out of balance because they started mixing Vipassana. So we have to be very careful. We are not here to harm anybody. Ordinary massage, acupressure, nothing wrong because no vibrations are involved. Wherever vibrations are involved in healing, it should be kept away from Vipassana. I am a man in mid-twenties. Is it more important to focus on achieving a job, marriage, or the experience of Nibbana? <laughs> what is Nibbana? Bhanam is fire, burning. Nibbana is extinguishing of fire. That you keep on extinguishing now. There is a fire of craving all the time, fire of aversion all the time. And you keep on working without this fire. Get rid of this fire which you always have within yourself and enjoy the life. Be successful in life. Are there any conditions like awakened kundalini or diseases where Vipassana is not advisable? Vipassana can be practiced by all. But when you come to Vipassana without condemning you have to keep whatever you practiced previously aloof. Don't mix it. Otherwise, some trouble may arise. Anybody can practice. There is no difficulty. Does Vipassana believe in karma theory? Yes, it is karma theory, which makes one understand Vipassana better. And by Vipassana, the karma theory becomes better. What is karma? The mind starts working first and then only the vocal action or the physical action. And when mind has started with the wrong karma by generating an impurity, you see, you are getting harm now. So the seed that you are sowing is a seed of misery. The fruit will be nothing but misery. And with the pure mind, the seed that you are sowing is the seed of happiness. It will bring nothing but happiness. So come out of the hellfire within yourself and enjoy the kingdom of heaven within yourself. And Vipassana will do that. If there is no I, who and what is striving for purity and liberation? Practice ten days and it will become very clear to you. <laughs> don't believe what I say or don't believe what Buddha said or the scripture says. Your own experience will tell you. What is the difference between happiness and pleasure? We call happiness when there is no attachment. There is attachment, it is not happiness. You can say pleasure, this sensual pleasure, that sensual pleasure, and you are attached to it. And when you miss it, you are a miserable person. Happiness, even if it goes away, you are still happy, you don't care. Your mind is equanimous. So it teaches you how to remain equanimous in every situation. Is TM as good as Vipassana meditation? Every technique that I see gives Good results. We are not here to condemn other techniques. I know TM very well. Maharshi is my very close friend. He started his journey around the world to teach TM from my house, 
We were so close friends. But we know. He knows about a person. I know about TM. A word is used and you keep on reciting that word. It creates a new vibration. Artificial vibration. And here we want you to observe the natural vibration. Whatever it is. From time to time. From moment to moment. So any such thing where verbalization is used. You have a wonderful cover which helps you from bad vibration coming to you. But deep inside your impurity will remain stocked and they won't come out. Therefore, we say just observe the reality as it is without having any artificial vibration being created. What is the earliest age of ch children to learn dharma? Before birth? <laughs> A pregnant mother learning vipassana, she is not learning for herself, she is also learning for the child. What wonderful vibration this child gets in the womb. Only love, compassion, goodwill, purity. And the, the life of this, this person will be so good. So many pregnant mothers come to courses because they have started understanding. They say, I want a Dhamma baby. I don't want Duryodhan. I want a Dhamma baby. I want a Dhamma baby. And they get Dhamma baby. Because the child gets such wonderful vibration. When in the womb, the mother generates craving, aversion, hatred, passion, lust, what message we are giving to the child and what sort of child will come. So learn Vipassana before the child is born. What is the point of life if you do not have any passion? Practice. Practice and you, and you find without passion, passion, the life is so peaceful. Whatever you feel, a happiness or pleasure in your passionate life, you will find much more happiness, real happiness, lasting happiness, if you learn how to remain detached and enjoy the life. We are not against enjoying. Enjoy the life with detachment. There are so many more questions, but these are the last four. These are the last four? Yeah. And after that I am liberated? I think so. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Why wasn't Buddha a vegetarian? Buddha will reply that. The whole country was non-vegetarian. We find at that time every tradition that was prevailing at that time was non-vegetarian. And he, he was giving people who to go out and serve in Dhamma. Beggar has no choice, whatever gets in the ball. But he started teaching the householders it will be very sinful if you kill some animal or bird and give that to a monk who comes to you. Or you order somebody else to kill and give you so that you, you offer non-vegetarian. Like that slowly changes came. And within the time of Ashoka, that is 200 after that, the whole country started becoming vegetarian. So because of the situation, he has to spread Dhamma for the good of so many people. So this this uh, compromise was made, but a Vipassana meditator, a monk, good meditator, even if he eats non-vegetarian, he will touch the food and feel vibrations. Vibration in the, in the fingers, vibration in the food, and when it comes to the mouth, vibration in the lips, vibration in the gums, anicca, anicca, impermanent, impermanent, the tongue, the throat, as he swallows, anicca, anicca. So all bad vibration in the, the meat 
goes away. But still, non-vegetarian is good for meditation and that is why in every course there is not non-vegetarian food, only vegetarian food is given. Are the gods real? Yes, you can become a god yourself. Take the devil out and you are a god. And here is a technique to drive away the devil, drive it away and be a god. Then you will believe, yes, there are gods. Can a non-vegetarian find peace, happiness and harmony? Yes, can find, but then slowly you have to go to the depth where you will notice that the non-vegetarian food is not very helpful in my practice and you will come out of it. We don't say those who come to the courses, we give vegetarian food, but we don't say going back home, you must take only vegetarian. But slowly we find large number of people, they have left non-vegetarian, they are living with a vegetarian diet and are quite happy. How can I control anger? When someone else cases me, curses me, someone causes it, well, somebody else, this is the problem of that somebody else. Why you have that problem on your head? Somebody is shouting, somebody is showing negativity towards you, somebody is insulting you. A good meditator will see, a miserable person, what he is doing? He is generating anger, hatred. And he's suffering with this unpleasant vibration. A miserable person. Already he's burning. I don't feel like throwing some more petrol on this burning fire. I better throw some cold water. This person comes out of misery. And this is how you save yourself and save others. Learn Vipassana and all these questions will get answered. And you will get a wonderful path for your good and for the good of others. May all of you be happy, be peaceful. Be liberated from all the miseries of the life.